In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. <clears throat> Today's Gospel is on, uh, that we read is from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, and we read about the exorcism of a demon-possessed, blind, and mute man. And the Pharisees uh, began accusing Jesus of um, that his exorcisms were, the, were by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And it's the same old story where someone tries to do something nice for someone else, they get accused of evil, and so forth. I'm sure we've all faced the same thing. And this is nothing new for Jesus, and he is constantly accused um, of almost everything that he, has, that he has done. But this accusation was, of course, pressed on because people were very intrigued by this miracle. Because Isaiah the prophet, he prophesied about the Messiah specifically, about about these miracles of healing the blind and the mute. And Isaiah, when he speaks about the coming of the Messiah, he says, Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. So now, of course, the Jews are on edge because the prophecies are becoming fulfilled. And the people are noticing something about Jesus, which is that he is preaching with authority. Not only that, but even the demons are proclaiming the authority of Jesus. Because if we read in St. Mark's, uh, uh, Mark's Gospel, in his account we read, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And keep that in mind for later, the Holy One of God. They question among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. So the synagogues were led by the laity, the, there might be scribes or Pharisees that are appointed to lead them, but all of the priestly sacrifices and the uh, animal sacrifices were done in the temple, which was in Jerusalem, on the, in the main feast throughout the year. But the weekly communal gatherings were in the synagogues. And so that is why we find Jesus, uh, Jesus preaching. And so to be considered the Holy One of God signifies priesthood. And this is, what, this is what was concerning for the Jews, was this priesthood. And although Jesus was like a layman, he was not of the priestly tribe of Levi, but of Judah. And so this chapter of, of 12 of Matthew is significant because it is the sort of start of Jesus speaking boldly about his lordship over the Sabbath, over demons, over sickness, over all things. And he was making it more clear that he is forming a new priesthood. And this is of a new kingdom, and it is of a new covenant. And so, as you can try to imagine, that this is very concerning of, of the Jews, and which is why there are these accusations um, against him. And so, there are two priesthoods. There is the ministerial priesthood or the liturgical priesthood, and then there is, which is specific to the sacraments, the offering of the sacraments, which is a, a separate topic. 
And then there is the priesthood of the baptized, which is, which is what I will reflect on more today. The priesthood of the baptized. As St. Peter, he speaks about in his epistle, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And this was God's calling for his creation always, because even in Exodus 19 we read, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So as baptized Christians, we are laymen and priests, just as Jesus himself was layman and high priest. And he is the high priest of what St. Paul says, of the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So it's speaking about the heavenly kingdom, that he is the high priest of the heavenly kingdom. So as the high priest of the, of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, he, he's ushering humanity to the Father because of his sacrifice and to his heavenly sanctuary. In the Old Testament, God, he used the blood of animals, and these animals are uh, are ones that are raised and invested in by the people to be the means by which we offer sacrifice. And of course, some now and in history didn't like or comprehend what is the significance of sacrificing animals for God. But it was a foreshadow of the shedding of his own blood, which is also an incomprehensible shedding of blood, which would become the new and the final means for reconciliation. Because if the blood of the animal could atone for the fleshly impurities, how much more now through the blood of God himself to purify the conscience? And just to clarify that, despite certain beliefs among, uh, among contemporary Christianity, that although Jesus' death is once complete and atones and grants forgiveness of sins eternally, but the salvific effects are for those who intend to offer something, right? Meaning they are seeking redemption because if anyone offered an animal sacrifice, even in the Old Testament, it still should be made with a contrite heart. Even we read in the Psalms uh, that you, you wish for us to still offer sacrifices, but with, but with a contrite heart. And when we have a contrite heart, then, we should, then you will accept the, our burnt offering. And so the effects of an offering cannot be given to one who doesn't feel compelled to make an offering. And so what do priests do? What do priests do? Priests offer sacrifices on account of himself and on account of others. So as royal priests or the priests of the baptized, what are our sacrifices that are being offered if Jesus already offered the greatest sacrifice? The sacrifices are offerings that express our contrite hearts. Yes, they may not be able to reach the level of, of Jesus' sacrifice, of course, but it is an expression of our contrite heart. It is, our offering is to partake of the sacrifices within the united body of Christ, that because he offers, because he sacrifices, therefore, in my unity with him, I offer sacrifices. So he is the high priest 
and we are of his priesthood, and we share in this new covenant, we share in this new kingdom. So what are we offering? St. Peter, he says, you are chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what kind of sacrifices do we make? Did St. Peter say? Spiritual sacrifices. The way we offer sacrifice is to offer spiritual things through Christ. In ministerial or liturgical priesthood, we offer water for baptism, we offer oil for anointing, bread and wine to be the, become the body and the blood. In the royal priesthood of baptism, which we all are of, we should be offering things like our prayers, our works, our good deeds, even the sacrifice of resting our minds and our bodies from, from whatever is always consuming us, our hardships, our family and married, ma uh, married lives. Not only what we have to offer, but to offer, not, not to just offer what we have, but also to offer what we are, because we are spiritual beings. We become an offering in union with the liturgical priest and in union with the offering of the body of Christ that is presented on the eternal altar of God. So not only are our sacrifices made for our own salvation, but our sacrifices are in a way an offering on behalf of our children, our community, and our society. Is there not a, um, a feeling as a, as a parent that I have a responsibility over my child? So we offer also on their behalf. And how many times do we make sacrifices for our children and for others so that they are relieved of burdens? All of these offerings and these sacrifices, they become an extension of the sacrifice of Jesus. The royal priesthood begins to slowly usher our children, our friends, and our loved ones also to Christ. Our royal priesthood begins then to not just consecrate ourselves, but our royal priesthood begins to consecrate the whole world through the offering of our sacrifices. And as part of the priestly garments for Aaron, there would be this gold plate that would be on Aaron's forehead that would read, Holy to the Lord. Do you remember what that, do you remember when we said Holy to the Lord was when the demon himself said, The Holy One of God? So, again, is to signify the priesthood. So that whatever was offered, as Aaron would wear the signet on his head that said, Holy to the Lord that whatever was offered by the people, it would be made acceptable to the Lord. And so I could look at, that, look at that as the day of my baptism, in which I am anointed, all of us are anointed on our heads, made to be holy to the Lord, and that whatever would be presented in my life, I would offer it to the Lord, and it would be made acceptable to God. May our lives always be an offering to the Lord, who entrusted us with the royal priesthood of baptism. To him be the glory both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen.